Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. And we have a great week. And I really like what we're talking about this week. We started yesterday with all these things to stop doing to yourself. And so we're going to work through those today. And we're going to really spend the rest of this week on fear. And, you know, what, and, and stop, you know, it's, it's, we can be so fearful that it can actually make us sick. And we're going to talk about, you know, being so afraid you're making yourself sick. And we're going to also talk about what fear really is and healthy fear. And we're going to talk about a fearless moral inventory of our lives because many times the fear that we have has a lot to do with what we've done, what we're doing, who we think we should be, who we ought to be, who we hoped it or wish we were, if someone's going to find something out or being judged by someone or judging ourselves. So we're going to really talk a lot about this idea because we've done, you know, that week on, you know, personal value systems and unleashing your potential and stop playing it so safe and, you know, stop working so hard. We talked about authenticity. So now we're kind of going to do really the things to, you know, if you're doing these things, these will stop you from having the peace of mind that you need, the, the confidence to be that authentic person. And it will also get in the way, you know, of you truly being successful and fulfilling your potential and what God has actually created you and called you to be. So if you're a first-time listener, thank you so much for joining us, and I hope that you continue with this community that we have of people that really are working on being their own best version and who God has really called us to be and really impacting the world one person at a time and how powerful that is. That is the way of Christ. So make sure always that you check out the website. We have so many things for you on the website, and we also have all of the shows as podcasts, so you can listen to them right off your computer. You can download them. You can send them to your friends, which we always love. And you can listen to them if you're not able to listen at 3 o'clock on on the weekdays or if you can't listen to the whole entire show in its entirety. So we ended up with this one of stop trying to hold on to the past and what it does when your past is still alive. When your past is still alive, still has energy in it, you're still lamenting it, or wishing you were back there, those were the good old days, then that energy affects the present that you're in. And when your past affects your present, then it alters the future. So it puts God in a position to consistently be rerouting you and saying, no, that's not the direction. No, that's not where I want you to go. No, that's not my plan for you or the destiny I have for you. So we really want to let go of the past, especially when it comes to past failures and mistakes. You know, God says, like I said yesterday in Psalms 55, he says, I put your sins as far as the east is from the west. I remember them no more. Well, God doesn't have to learn from our sin. We do. So it's okay to remember them. 
but we don't want that sinking, horrible, shame-based feeling that comes with it. We want it to really be the past, that it's dead, it's over. We learned from it, we've moved on. And so we've taken from it what we need in order to not repeat it and to have learned from it, but we don't want it to continue to affect us. And so I like this verse in Romans. It's chapter 3, verses 23 through 26, and this is the NET version. And it says so poignantly, For all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. But they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God publicly displayed him at his death as the mercy seat accessible through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because God in his forbearance has passed over the sins previously committed. I'm going to read that again. Because God in his forbearance has passed over the sins previously committed. This was also to demonstrate his righteousness in the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who lives because of Jesus' faithfulness. So God has taken care of it. The past, the present, the future. He knows all your future sins and he has already made provision for them. That is the mercy seat. That's what Jesus did. And we are to walk in that freedom. And not as permission, but as freedom. That the past needs to be the past. So let's look at this next one. Stop being scared to make a mistake. Isn't that what we talked some about last week, right? Doing something and getting it wrong at least 10 times is more productive than doing nothing. I would, you know, God says, I would rather you make mistakes. I'd rather you put yourself out there and, and blunder then do nothing. That was the story of the talents that we talked about. You know, I, I say to clients every day, God cannot steer a parked car. I don't even care if you're going in reverse. As long as you're moving, God can steer it. God can get you back on the right track where you're supposed to be. So what about this? This goes hand in hand with this. This is stop berating yourself over old mistakes. You know, we may love the wrong person and cry about all the wrong things, but no matter how many things go wrong, one thing is for sure. Mistakes help us to be the person we are called to be if we let it, if we let them. If we are willing to learn from them, to take information that helps us not to repeat it, to causes us to, to be a a healthier person, a safer person, a kinder person, a more forgiving person because we've been forgiven so much, then we don't need to lament about the mistake. The mistake is a part of living. There's no way to learn better than by making a mistake. And we talked last week about all those famous people that started late in life, that had terrible mistakes that, and, and terrible failures, and how successful they were how amazingly successful they were, that they never quit, and they learned what didn't work. It's very powerful to learn what doesn't work. So your mistakes, your struggles, this has the power to shape your future as to how you deal with it in the present and whether or not you are willing to put it in the past. 
So let's look at another one. Stop trying to buy happiness. See, many of the things that we desire are quite expensive. The truth is, the things that really satisfy us are totally free. Love, laughter, grace, mercy, understanding, connectedness, feeling loved, feeling wanted, belonging. These things are free, especially when we're with safe people, because this is what God gives, and he gives it freely. He paid the price to give those things. So what you will find is if you are searching for happiness through the world, through things, through what you own, through status, how you look, whatever moment of happiness you get is fleeting because it's nothing you can depend on. In the end, it goes up in smoke, fire and smoke. The things that last are the things that are authentic, that are honest, that come with a high price, and that's laying your life down for another, just as Christ laid his life down for you. So that leads us to this next one. We don't want to exclusively look for happiness through others. Imagine if Jesus could only be happy if everybody else in his life was happy or if they were happy with him. You see, this is what little children do. And we've taken so much time talking about this maturation process and what it means to be an adult. An adult is able to be happy within themselves, is able to figure out what is contentment for me. How can I be in a good mood, even if things around me aren't going well? What can I be thankful for in spite of a lot of hardship? And so if you're not happy with who you are, if you don't have happiness inside that you come from, that you get from God, that you get from you being a person of ethics, of morality, of integrity, you know, you're a person of your word, these things create contentment and happiness if I can trust me. So you won't be happy in a long-term relationship with anybody else if you don't have it within you. If you are depending on that person outside of you to cause you to feel content, secure, happy, wanted, all those things, you're going to put a lot of pressure on that relationship. You have to create stability in your own life first before you share it with someone else. And that really is a gift to that other person. So let's look at this. Stop being idle. I mean, the Bible talks a lot about idleness and what I, I, living an idle life, what it does. So don't think too much or you'll create a problem that wasn't even there in the first place. You know, when we're idle, when we have nothing to think on, we start going into the past. We start looking outside of ourselves at everybody else. And so it's really important that you cannot change what you refuse to confront. So instead of being idle, I want you to take charge of your life. I tell clients daily, own your own life. Live your life. Don't keep wanting to do somebody else's or wishing that their life was your life. Do your life and do it well. Making progress involves risks. You can't make it to second base when you keep your foot on first base. You have to take some risks. You have to take ownership of your own life. So don't be idle and just hope that your life is going to eventually happen. 
And so in the same way, don't keep thinking that you're not ready. Oh, I got to wait until I have this in line. I got to have this much money. I've got to have this much time. I've got to look this way. I've got to lose weight. I've got to get stronger. I've got to get more toned. I have to have more money. Whatever it is, you'll never be 100% ready. Sometimes we just have to go for it. And that doesn't mean in an irresponsible manner. What I mean is that we really create as much security and stability as we can when we go to take a risk or when we do something new. But we also recognize that we can't really make everything safe. And we can't wait until it is to start our life. Now, this is a really big one. And this is very important. And this, is, this takes some wisdom. And it may take some mentoring. But I want you to stop getting involved in relationships for all the wrong reasons and with all the wrong people. And th- this may take some wisdom. This may take some, some healing, some growing up, some maturity. But relationships, we, they must be chosen wisely. See, it really is better to be alone than be in bad company. Because we know the bad morals corrupts good character. And there's no need to rush. If something is meant to be, truly, it's going to occur. And some of it is the patience and the trust in the Lord to know that he has a plan. And even in spite of our sin, our fear, our resistance, our control issues, he still somehow makes the plans work. Now, it may be a little messier than he would have preferred or we would have preferred, but we can trust he will get the job done. The thing that we want to do is relax a little bit and trust that so that we don't have to rush things. And, and I use this example quite frequently. You know, you don't take a cake out of the oven before it's baked and just put a bunch of frosting on it and think it's going to taste okay. It may look good, but you, nobody wants to eat it. So there's a certain amount of time that things take. And we want to make sure that that time is given before we rush and move on. So this is part of trusting God. That I don't want to get involved in the wrong relationships and for the wrong reasons. So that may mean a business issue. This person has a lot of capital. They could really make this idea happen for me. But are they a person of integrity? Can I trust them? Would I be proud to say I work with them or that I'm partnered with them? So regardless of how great the opportunity is, your ability to say no because of wisdom guarantees the opening of the actual door that God has for you. Instead of going around the mountain one more time and learning that lesson one more time. And so kind of in, in, the, in the reverse, is I want you to stop rejecting new relationships just because the old ones didn't work. You know, there's this tendency for, for people to get that kind of Eeyore mentality. Oh, it's never going to work. It's never going to be okay. It's never going to happen. Why, don't I, why do I even try? You know, that kind of a mentality that says, I have had failed relationships or I've trusted the wrong people. I've got myself really hurt or they've stolen from me, they've hurt me, they've slandered me, they've gossiped about me, they rejected me, whatever it may be. That doesn't mean that because those didn't work, there aren't new ones that are going to be great. Some of that 
process of going through those relationships that didn't work is a really important learning curve. It helps us be healthier people if we let it. If we learn what not to do, that's just as valuable many times as learning what to do. So how about this? Stop trying to compete against everyone. Don't worry about whether others are doing everything better than you. Concentrate on beating your own records. And we've talked about this on the show quite frequently. It's like compete with yourself. That's the one that you want to be in the race against. You can't do it with other people. They are different than you. Everybody is unique. You can't really compare. You can compare some commonalities, but your life is unique to you. And you have to race that, that race. You have to run that path. So don't worry about, don't look to the right or left. Concentrate on yourself. Battle yourself. Compete with yourself. And that helps us to stop being jealous of others. See, jealousy is the art of counting someone else's blessings instead of your own. So ask yourself, what's something I have that everybody else wants? And everybody's got something. Jealousy is a big waste of time. And it's, it changes our demeanor. It changes our openness. It changes how people experience us. There's an edge about us when we're a jealous person. We have a tendency to keep score in that way. And so we can't be fully present in the interaction we have with another person if we're scorekeeping. If we're thinking about, how come they have that handbag? How come they have that car? How come they have that woman? How come she has that husband? How come they have all those kids? Why do they live where they live? How come that door opened for them? It takes up a lot of mental space to be jealous, and it takes a ton of emotional energy. It also makes you more sensitive. So the more jealous you are, the more sensitive you will be, the more the world will hurt. Everything hurts a lot worse when you struggle with jealousy. So that leads us into stop complaining. My goodness, I, you know, I'm with you. I can do the lamentations. I can, you know, start going down the litany of that's not working. That's not working. Why is it like this? Why is the world this way? You're not going to believe my drive into the office. This happened and that happened. You know, this is what humans do. And, and unfortunately... Sometimes we rely on that as a relating style, and that's a way that we relate to one another. Now, I'm not against lamenting with each other and, and getting some, you know, salve on the wounds, but we want to make sure that that's not our habit, that we are not habitual complainers. So I want you to reflect back on some of the negative things that have happened, and maybe some of those negatives led to a better place. Maybe they made you a stronger person. Maybe they made you a more resilient person. So smile. One of the things that I tell people to do regularly is smile. Because once you smile, that physical gesture sends so many messages to your brain, your heart, and your gut about your mood. Smiling creates endorphins. It has an endorphin release, which makes you automatically feel better. So that leads us to a really big one. This is stop holding grudges. Don't live your life with hate in your heart. 
It takes up so much space. It's like a black hole. It sucks everything good into it. And it makes everything good bad. You're going to end up hurting yourself far more than the person that you hate or the people you hate. And so when we practice forgiveness, you have to remember, forgiveness doesn't mean it's okay what you did. Because if it's okay, I wouldn't, I wouldn't need to forgive. So when we forgive someone, we're not making what they did okay. We're simply setting them free. And we're saying, I'm not going to let what you did ruin my happiness or change me or change my demeanor. See, forgiveness is the answer to almost all of our life problems. We let things go. We find peace. It liberates us. It energizes us. Forgiveness is tough because there's a part of us that just like a dog with a bone wants to hang on to that offense. We want it to be justified. We want it to be righted. And many times I have found when I'm willing to forgive, it gets righted. Sometimes when I forgive, the person actually takes responsibility for it and apologizes. Sometimes they don't. But many times in the forgiveness process, lots of new doors open for me. And God is much better able to bless me if I free myself from the hindrances and the encumbrances of unforgiveness, grudges, right? Jealousy, envy, hate, disdain, rejection, all those negative things that come with being hurt. And then you also, we've done a whole entire show on forgiving yourself. You need to set yourself free as well. I mean, God, he got over it. He got over it. So we need to get over it. Many times the reason we can't get over a mistake that we have made, we can't forgive ourselves, is a, is a pride issue. We just can't believe we did it. And it's humbling to take responsibility for what we did, even if it's just to ourselves. And to God and to say, you know what? I need to stop lying to myself. I need to take responsibility for that. I, I did that. I did that. I need to face up to it. At least to myself. And I need to forgive myself. And I need to make peace with myself. So here's another one. This is really important. Stop doing the same thing over and over again. And hoping you get a different result. You've heard this so many times. We're going to end with that one today. Stop doing the same thing over and over and over again, thinking it's going to be somehow different next time. The wisdom is in saying, okay, that makes sense to me, or that's comforting to me. It, it's entertaining to me, whatever it is. But it ultimately is not getting me where I need to go. I need to stop doing the same thing. And sometimes that means complaining, holding grudges being judgmental, having that dialogue in my head, the coulda, shoulda, woulda, if only then. So these are things to stop doing to yourself. And I can give you, um, there is some other discussion about this on the website. It's called uh, lifebuzz.com, and it's just stop. So I think that you will really enjoy making these changes and what that brings in your life. So join me tomorrow. We're going to finish up a little bit about what you need to stop doing. Stop doing to yourself. And I really want you to have a great day. And we're going to talk more about this and fear and the danger of the wrong type of fear. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Have a great day. Join me tomorrow. 
make sure you check out the website. And just so that you know, I have an awesome producer, Jeremy. He's very helpful to me. Thank you, Jeremy. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.